Come on, it is really good to be with you guys. We are in our third week of our series called Better Together. Who was here this morning? Come on. <laughs> Pastor Andre, <laughs> he, he delivered a, a powerful message. I watched it online. It was really good. Maybe feel a bit nervous now that I have to come up off the bus and deliver a message, but um, it was really anointed. If you haven't seen it, go back and have a look at it. It's on our online page on our YouTube. You can go and follow that. Um, but we're in the third week of our series, Better Together, and we are the series about relationships and how we can be stronger together, and that we truly are better together in God's house. And so the title this evening is more like a question, and it is, why is community so important? Why is community so important? You know, I moved house this week. Any of you ever moved house? How many of you ever moved a house before? You, you probably feel my pain. It is, um, moving house is not an easy thing. Um, and so um, I love my wife. Um, so she, um, we, I said, we, we were moving quite a distance. And I said to her, look, can we rent a company to do the move? Because <laughs> it would just be so much easier if we could rent a company. And my wife came back to me one day and just said, hey, babe, I've got a better idea. I was like, what's that? She says, I'm going to rent you a trailer. And I was like, gee, thanks. That's amazing. Thank you so much. She says, and we're going to do the move together as a family. Uh, but you know, as, as it goes, um, I, I started the day with trying to do the trailer thing. And Abby said, oh, I've got a meeting. I'll see you later. <laughs> and I'm like... Moving is never actually easy, um, and so it, it, uh, if you know me, my personality never wants to ask for help, not, not, not in like a church context, I'll always do that, but it, like I never want to inconvenience anybody else, and so I had like a lot of people in our church come to and say, can I help you with the move? Do you need any help? I'm like, no, it's got this, it's all sorted, and yeah, long story short, as you know how a move goes with your family, is you become like the like the donkey <laughs> in the family, because your kids will only ever grab what's important to them and move that. Like the Xbox, there was no problem moving that. But I'll tell you what, the other 4,722 things, I had to like carry that thing as a mule into it. And so I remember it being so difficult and I was carrying it and I started to, I was get like this resistance going, why am I doing this? Started to get into a miff mood and I'm like, you know, you guys know, a lot of you are smiling because you've been there and I'm like, what are I doing to this myself? Do I even want to do this? I don't even want to. And I procrastinate and I leave this stuff in the garage. And um, yeah, it was quite funny because a friend of mine arrived um, on one of the days and he's here in the church, Bershwin. He's an absolute legend. I think most of you know. Can we just give Bershwin a hand? He's always there to serve. But Bershwin was like, I, I, Bershwin was like, hey, do you need help? And I'm like, nah, bro, you guys just keep quiet. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to help you. You're going to tell me no and I'm going to be here anyway. But the point of the story is that as Bershon started to help, I realized that the work became lighter. It actually made it more, more pleasurable and that I had to, now we've moved in, but I had to overcome some serious resistance. <laughs> like it felt like everything in my body was going, I don't feel like doing this right now. But it was funny that when community got together, it almost became easier. And I really feel that we are better together as a community. You know, not one of us is stronger than all of us together. And I think that if all of us bring a little bit of something to this church or to our community, 
will always have enough. And the Bible always tells us that in the book of Acts, that when everybody brought something, nobody lacked anything. And that's what the community is. It actually strengthens us as a church. And so moving house was a lot of work, but I had to overcome some resistances. And so I have a question for you tonight. Are there any areas in your life that you would say you're experiencing any resistance right now? Anything that you, you know you need to do and you need to get into it, you need to do it, you must do it, but you're just not getting to it. I'm not talking about resistance about other people coming against you and stopping you from getting where you want to go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the internal resistance. Are you experiencing any internal resistance to, you know you want to do something. You know you need to be somewhere, but you just can't get started. It's like the struggle is real and you just don't feel like doing it. Example, eating healthy. Like everybody's ever done that New Year's resolution where you eat healthy, right? And it's like, I'm going to eat quinoa and avo for like the whole year. And you do that for a week and you're like, quinoa and avo is not nice at all. The only people who make it sound nice is Kawhi, but everything else is like, but when you start to do it, you almost like you break the routine. So you get in a good rhythm, you're eating healthy, and then you just go on holiday and you break a routine and all of a sudden you're back to eating. Anyone ever been there? I've been there. A lot of times, maybe, maybe it's exercise. Have you ever started a, an exercise regime? Like two weeks into it, you're pumped and you're like, you're on fire. You're going strong. You're like, I'm never going to end this. This is cool. Why didn't I do this? Everybody, why have I not done this more in my life? And then you start working out and then all of a sudden the kids get sick or, or a work deadline comes up and there's a pressure and you almost break the rhythm and now everything becomes hard and getting back into it just feels like there's this natural resistance uh, to getting into it. Um, I was going to write you, maybe for some of us, it's, it's writing a sermon on the week we were <laughs> moving. <laughs> um, like, I'll get there tomorrow, I'll get there. Uh, but we can all agree that, that sometimes resistance is going to come in our lives. But what does help? is when, I know when I go running at quarter past five in the morning with a heart cardiologist, and I have to run with a heart cardiologist because I'm actually that bad and that unfit. I need somebody with me in case I actually die on the road. And so uh, we run at quarter past five, but some mornings it's cold and I really just don't feel like it. I'm just like, <laughs> but I know he's going to be waiting at the gate. And it's cool that when you've got somebody like that, an accountability person to inspire, to go with you, they'll always pull you out of that stage of resistance. They'll always pull you to, you've got to get going. And I believe that's what community does for us. So today I want to talk about um, a form of resistance that we all experience, all of us. Actually, it's not just an, a resistance that we experience, it's actually a value in our church, and that's community. Tonight I want to talk to you about community and the value of community. You know, community is the reason you guys show up every week here, because we want to get together and we want to see God move together. We want to be used by God and we want to go for the things of God. Every week we talk about taking a step, two ways to get involved, view group, uh, growth track. Uh, these are steps that have allowed us to get into community. For us, we place massive value on it because it is a value in our church. And so we're going to keep talking to you because we want to make that step easy for you to get into the life of our church. And we believe that is through a view group or a dream team. And so if you're not part of them, when you're missing out, and I want to invite you to that. But whilst we invite people to view group, I was reading a stat recently that they say um, between 25 and 40 percent, it's quite a margin in between that, but 
But Wikipedia <laughs> tells me that between 25 and 40% of the world's population are introverts. And that when you get into a space like we're sitting in tonight, there's a possibility that 55% of people sitting in this room are introverted. So when we go, hey, get involved in a group and you can talk about your feelings around people you don't really know, you go like, no way, Zoses. I ain't gonna do that. And so you experience resistance to actually wanting to get in because you're going like, I'd rather close myself off. I feel shy. I don't know how to do that. Maybe you're like me, who's just, when you get a busy life and you just, you're always busy. You, you're running at things. So your kids are keeping you busy. If, if it's not their education, their school, their homework, it's their sporting curriculums, uh, or they're sick or you need to clothe them or feed them. And then in my case, we throw my mother-in-law in that. <laughs> it's like, it's quite a lot of work. And so I can't make it to view group today. I can't make it to view group because my mother-in-law is staying with us. No, I'm but, but you get what I'm saying is that sometimes we just get so busy. I, I can't make it because there's resistance because my life's too busy. Maybe some of you don't have kids or maybe you just got work pressures and deadlines that you're trying to get through. Maybe that's what's keeping you. Or for some of you, you're actually studying in varsity and it feels like there's always an assignment due. Uh, anybody there? How many students in the house? Hey, you're just like another assignment due this week. And it just feels like I can't make it. I've got something due and there's this resistance. Or maybe you're in high school. And guys, I don't know. When I was in high school, I did not experience the amount of homework you guys are doing at the moment. I didn't experience the amount of sports pressures and any of those curriculums. And sometimes it could just be your kids have got homework and exams and there's pressure. And so you have this resistance to getting into a community because you just feel like you can't get there. And sometimes you just, you're going, hey guys, I know there's two ways. I can't get into a view group because I think just adding another thing to my calendar is just going to make it so super hard. And you're asking me to add something where I'm going to meet people that I don't know is just going to make it really, really hard for me. And so resistance comes. But you know, biblically, you can look throughout scriptures, there's actually blessing and benefit in community. So whilst there's resistance, when you understand that there's blessing and, and, and benefit in a community, you can realize you can actually get further together than you can alone. The lie of, if I don't get there, I will be better, is a lie. But when you get together, you can actually get further. And so just a quick analogy before I get into the scripture in Exodus tonight is um, we've moved into this estate that they're busy building. And I noticed that a lot of people are building. Like some houses are finished and some houses are half finished with like wood and bricks and tiles and all sorts of stuff gathered around their house. And I just had this thought that, um, you know, in a building site, it's important for you to gather all the tools so that you can build something, right? And so as you gather all those tools, you get them all together, and then you start to get to a space that you need to form them so you can build something. But I think sometimes our church can be like that. We just gather together, but we never ever actually get to a space where we can form it into building it together. And that isn't to put anything on anyone, but if you think about it, what is the use of building materials if you ain't ever going to form them, if you ain't ever going to build them, if you ain't ever going to put them to the purpose they designed for? And I believe God designed each one here for a purpose. And rather than gathering shoulder to shoulder every Sunday, we should be forming together in view groups and in community every single week. And so we got to get back to community. So why is community so important. So there's some benefits of community 
that I want to talk about. My first point is this. Stay sh- community helps us stay sharp in struggling times. Are there any areas of your life that you've had to, if you had to be honest with yourself, you would say, man, the struggle is real. You know, I think for most of us, whether you like it or not, at some point in your life, you are going to check into the struggle train. You're like, well, you ride your struggle train to work. Everybody at some point climbs onto a struggle train, and at some point in your life, you're going to experience some sort of struggles. Maybe it's in your marriage, and maybe your marriage feels like there are some struggles in your marriage. It's not like your marriage is broken and it's dead, but there's just some certain struggles, and you just feel like it's Groundhog Day, like you're going round and round in circles, and you're not actually ever dealing with the issue because you never t- you're too busy focusing on the problem. You're not taking time to stop, reflect, and work on it. And the problem with that is you're only trying to get through your problems, not grow through your problems. And so if I could just get through my problem, I'll be okay. But your marriage is far too important. So your point is God wants to grow you and grow your marriage through this whatever struggle you are going through. And he doesn't want you to keep circling the same thing. Maybe it's your kids and you're struggling with your kids and you, I'm groundhog day. I'm just going round and round in circles. God wants you to grow through that situation. And the best way to grow through that situation is with other people around you. And at times, uh, we may have a space where we sort those problems out and we take time and sort them out. But a lot of times, I think we're too busy to get through, to, to grow through our problems that we actually think getting through them are just quicker and it might solve my problem right now. And I believe in community, it allows us to grow. Um, and so sometimes it takes advice from somebody outside. They may come to you and you go, hey, I'm struggling with this real issue. Uh, I mean, we, we deal with a lot of stuff where people phone me, Dita, listen, I'm, I'm really struggling in this issue and I just don't know. And I just, in that moment, I'm busy praying. I'm interceding and I'm just like, God, I, I, I don't know. So this is surprising me, but it hasn't surprised you. Can you just allow the Holy Spirit to speak right now? And, and God wants to help you through that situation. And I believe that when you phone somebody, you can get some help. And sometimes when you get an outside perspective, it can help you. And so tonight I want to talk to you about a guy called Moses. Moses was quite an epic dude. If you don't know anything about Moses, Moses was the guy that God used to bring Israelite people out of Egypt in captivity. The whole parting the sea, it was an epic, epic guy that God used and he was obedient to God's call. But... um, One day Moses is arriving for work, driving on the struggle train. And he gets to the struggle train. And so we're going to read the scripture and pick it up from there, from Exodus chapter 18, verses 13. It says this, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as a judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. You know, you know whenever you get too busy, that language, me, will come into your vocabulary. It's all about me. I'm struggling now. Can you not see? And God, he responds, as Moses replies and says, um, Moses answered him and said, because people are coming to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decree and instruction. Moses' father-in-law replied to him, 
What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. I don't know if that's a message for somebody here tonight. Maybe you're in a space where the work feels very heavy and maybe you feel like I actually can't handle this alone. And this is what Moses is experiencing. Verse 19 goes on to say, now listen to me that I will give you some advice and my God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decree and instruction. Show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all of the people, the men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Man, Moses was busy. That's a lot of people. I don't know if you're dealing with a lot of people. You thought your dream team was big. Come on, imagine your dream team was, come on, in Jesus' name, it will be, but thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring very difficult cases to you. The simple cases they can decide for themselves. I don't know about you. Are you controlling something? That you know that if you released it and invited people to it, it would get further and it would be a better? Or do you sometimes, like me, just think, oh, you know, they're probably not going to do it right, so I'm actually going to just do it for them. I do that with my kids all the time. I think my kids aren't ready to grow. I think my kids aren't ready. And I want to encourage you, let your kids rather learn. Let them fail fast and learn quickly. But rather let your kids, and even if your team's at work, allow them to have a go. Andre, our lead pastor, and we, we love him and appreciate him and Leanne so much. But the one thing that he's always encouraging us to do as a team, have a go. Just have a go. <laughs> he always tells us, no strings attached. But what he does is he releases us to fail. And he knows that we'll take accountability, but we'll fail fast and we'll learn quickly. But as a team, we need to get to that space. And this is what Jethro is trying to tell them. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so command, you will be able to stand the strand and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything that he said. And you know what's so interesting about the scripture? I think it speaks for itself. We need to share the load. We need to work. Load is lighter in community. You know, this stage, if we all had together around this church right now, I reckon we could pick the stage up with one finger if all of us got together. Loads become lighter when people come together. And that's what Jethro is trying to tell him. But what's so significant about this is they say that Moses, when he passed away, was 120 years old. And he was 80 years old when he freed the people from Israel. So uh, I try to understand, but there isn't anything specific. But scholars believe that Moses might have been between the ages of 80 and 90 years old at the time of him having this discussion with Jethro. (laughs) When I was younger... I thought I'm going to work really hard in my 20s and really hard in my 30s. And I'm going to set myself up for the future that one day I'm going to, Andre always tells us, you know, we play now, we pay now, but we play later. 
And I was like, I'm going to keep doing that because one day I'm not going to have any more struggles because then I'm just going to be struggle-free. Maybe I would have gained enough wisdom and enough finance and enough uh, ability to be able to just resist myself from any struggle. I just want to remind you tonight that Moses in his 90s still rode the struggle train. Struggles are going to continue. It doesn't mean you're not succeeding. It means you've got to keep going. And that struggles are always going to face us. But when we face them together with people, we always gonna be stronger. You see, the lie is that, you, uh, that sometimes we believe is that one day I'm going to be wiser enough, I'm going to be through enough, and I'm going to have enough money, and I just won't have to struggle anymore. That's not true. You are always going to work. And so here's my question for you. Do you have anyone in your life that's a Jethro? Right now, can you think of somebody in your life that's a Jethro? Somebody that you can invite to your situation that can speak into your life, that can talk to you about things that maybe you aren't specifically seeing right now. And here's my biggest question after that. Are you prepared to apply what they say? Are you prepared to listen to them? And I think in Christian community, it allows us through our struggle to realize that we can come together in community through our struggles and that we can sharpen each other. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We can get sharper together, but we are better together. And with community, you not only get through your struggle, but you grow as we sharpen each other through the struggle. So the second benefit, the second point is this. A tribe, when we come into community, a tribe carries troubles easier. Okay? Jesus said that in this life you might have some troubles. He didn't say that. Jesus said that in this life, you will face troubles, but take heart and because uh, I have overcome them. With Jesus, when we align with Jesus in community and with people in community, we are always going to face struggles, but it's always when we are, do it to be, together, we are stronger. And so Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 10 says, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help them up, but pity the one who falls and has no one to help them out. The scripture tells me that when I read it, you are going to face a time that you're going to fall on your bum. Some of us are trying to live our lives like we're not going to get knocked down. You are going to get knocked down. If you haven't been knocked down recently, your time will come again. But there will be a time that when you get knocked down, what's more important is who's around you when you're knocked down. Because pity the person that falls and doesn't have anyone to help him pick him up. And that's what that script reminds me, is that we've got to get together and we have to realize that when trouble times come, the best thing we can do is have people around us. Sometimes your troubles will be self-inflicted. Maybe you are choosing to hang around the wrong people. You know, show me your friends, we'll show you your future. You guys have heard that. Scripture says that, that uh, bad company corrupts good character. And maybe your friends are leading you down a path. But maybe that decision's not the right decision for you because it's going to bring you trouble in the future. Maybe you haven't made a decision when you should have, when you should have invested, when you should have stayed, when you should have been disciplined, and you thought, one day I'll get to it. But one day came to you, and now you're going, I should have actually done it back then. And now you're facing troubled times. I just want to encourage you that troubled times are going to come. And so here's a thought. Often the hardest times to find a tribe is when you're desperately in need of one. (laughs) I don't know about you, but maybe sometimes you've been in a space and you're going like, I have nobody around me. 
This is why we work so hard as a church to get you into a group. We want you to realize that when your tribe is around you, they can help you through your troubles. And so we encourage you, if you aren't part of a group, get into a group. So I want to tell you a quick story about a guy called Lot and Abraham. Abraham was his uncle, Lot his nephew, and God had blessed Abraham. Abraham was such a significant guy in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, and you can go read up, and he was a friend of God, such a man of faith, and he just, he obeyed God in everything. But him and his, he had, God had blessed him so much that his family started to expand, whether it be cattle or wealth or whatever they had gained. And it gotten so big that Abraham actually says to, to his nephew, listen, dude, I don't know if you use the word dude, but uh, he's like, listen, yeah, our land's getting too small. I need you to go and share. So you go over there, I'll go over here. But as Lot was disconnected, Lot got himself involved with the wrong people. Okay, and then Lot ends up in this place called Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, if you don't know anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, go read up about it, but it wasn't a good place. If you were a, if you were a part of a View Church member and we found you in Sodom and Gomorrah, we'd be like, bro, we need to talk. Sodom and Gomorrah is not the place that you hang around where God's going to help you find your purpose. And so Lot gets caught up in this, and these three kings rally against him, and they come and capture Lot and his family and his kids and his cattle and everything and take him captive. Now, this is where our story comes up. Genesis chapter 14, verses 4, it says, When Abraham heard that the relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household. You thought your family was big. Come on, you had 318. These guys were blessed, okay? Okay, so they pursued them as far as Dan. During the night, Abraham divided up his men to attack them, and he routed them, he pursuing them as far as Habar, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with all the women and all the children. I love that. Abraham's like, my family's in trouble, puts on the brave heart paint, says, I'm going to get them. They ain't going to mess with my family. I'm going to get them. And I believe that the church is the modern day picture of Abraham's family. You see, when you're in trouble, your church is going to come and get you. Your church is never going to look at you. You know what the funny thing is? Lot was in this position because he had put himself in this position, but nothing about the scripture tells us that Abraham evaluated Lot's decision first and decided whether he was or not going to go. He went to fetch his family. And the church is a place that we come to fetch his family. It's a place that Jesus uses to fetch his family. It's the hope of the world. It's when Jesus actually, it's the mechanism that Jesus uses to say, when you're in trouble, this is the tribe I'm bringing around you. But if you're in trouble, we're coming to get you. If you made a mistake and you're going, I don't even deserve this. It doesn't matter. We're first coming to get you. Jesus will deal with that. And there's a space for repentance and forgiveness in this house. And I believe that that's what the church is. It's an example of where our view groups, even tonight, I got a call. One of our view church um, guys from Melbourne had a terrible accident on the N7 uh, coming back from a, a camping weekend this weekend. And um, that I got a call. Listen, we, I'm like, are you all okay? Yes, they're all okay. Luckily, by the grace of God, the, 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 the cop cars rolled. Those guys are in intensive care. Um, they hit a ditch and should have rolled, but God stopped the car and all of them are safe. But the car is a write-off. But the view groups responded immediately. How do we get there? Let's get you out there. The view groups came together and said, we need to help these people. You see, when you've got a tribe, your troubles are different. Your troubles are easier. And I believe we need to be a church that God uses as a tribe to help us through troubles. And my last point, 
Not only will community help you grow and sharpen you in your struggled times, it will also bring you a tribe in your troubled times, but lastly, it brings you provision in your pain. Brings you provision in your pain. You know, uh, our lead pastor, Leanne Kreef, had this vision with Andre, and they were dreaming about some of the things, that the pain that our community is going through, and medical is one of them. But rather than watch it from a distance, they decided to make a difference. And so they gathered a team together and started to coordinate and guide us that we could build View Justice. And so there's a clinic that runs on Thursday for our church and our community where we are helping people in their time of pain. We are not a church that wants to just say we're going to pray for you. We want to pray for you first, but we want to be a church that's there through your pain. We want to be a church when... When you need to be a people that sharpen, we need to sharpen each other through our struggles, help each other in our troubles, but we need to walk with people in their pain. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 4 says, Praise be to God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves have received. You see, when you receive comfort from God, your natural response is to comfort others. It's to help them through their pain. And so we had um, a mom come into the clinic, and uh, I, I'm not going to explain the, the background to the story, but this mom just, she had fallen pregnant, and she just felt she couldn't have this child. And God used Leanne in that moment to speak to this lady and pray for this lady. And it's absolutely amazing because the lady decided to, to keep the child and, and that child has been dedicated here in our church in Jesus' name. But Leanne was available in a moment to see somebody's pain and to help them. And we need to be a church. And that's the thing is community is gonna help you in your struggles. Community is gonna help you in your troubles. And community is gonna walk with you in your pain. Can we close our eyes quickly? As we bow our heads, I don't know about you, but maybe you're going through some stuff now and you're just needing prayer. I just want to pray for you quickly tonight. Like maybe you're going, Dita, I actually need to get into community. I do feel outside of it and I, I want to make a step. I want to take a step of faith. Uh, but I just, can you pray for me in this situation that God would just help me in this moment, even as I make the decision or I take the step that he would be with me in it and it would be from him. So if you're needing prayer for any of those areas, any of these things that you're struggling through and you're doing it alone and you feel like it's just heavy and you want to bring some people as a community, we want to pray with you tonight. So if that is you on the count of three, why don't you show me your hands? You can put it up, put it down, and I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you love us and uh, you chose us. And that we are yours, we are mindfully and wonderfully made, and that you care for us so deeply. And that you love us, and you're never going to leave us, nor are you going to forsake us. But God, we ask you now, will you see our hearts? Even as we feel like we are struggling through things, Father God, I pray that you bring the right people around us, Father God, that will help us draw closer to you in our situation. So I pray for godly relationships right here, Lord. I pray that even as people step into a view group or a dream team or community, that you would put them in the right group, that, 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 that the, the people that go into seasons of life will be in the same seasons of life, and they won't just endure doing things. They'll actually enjoy coming together as a community. And growing together. 
If there's anybody here tonight that actually would, has not got a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity today. I'm not going to do any bells and whistles. I'm, this is a step that, it's a serious step that I feel that if you need to take it and God's been speaking to you, be faithful tonight. Just listen to the call of Him calling out. He's saying, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you, I always have. I stand at the door and I knock tonight. And so tonight, you cannot earn your salvation Maybe you've been trying to get through these things by doing more things. That's not what God wants from us. God wants us to receive Him and His salvation. And He covers us with His blessing and His love. Even in the book of Psalms 23, it says that even though we walk through the valley of the shadows of death, we'll never walk alone because He walks with us. He comforts us. And I encourage you, if you're looking for the best person to walk with you, there's none other than our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the victorious Jesus Christ who's seated on the throne right now with billions of angels roaring and praising around him that are looking upon you, that are just saying, come on, my child, make this decision because if you do, I want us all to celebrate together because I want you to come home. And if that is you tonight, and you want to make that decision, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and put it down, and then we're going to pray together. One, two, three. If that's you, you can pop your hand up and just pop it down. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Church, why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. I thank you that you're victorious. I recognize I'm a sinner, but I can be saved by your grace. As I receive you into my heart. And so Lord, I ask you to come into my heart tonight. Will you start to work a new thing in my heart? Will you start to transform me from the inside out? And I want to serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, will you celebrate anyone that made that decision? Awesome. Come on, let's honor Dieter. Let's thank him. So what we're going to do next in the service is we're going to give anyone an opportunity who wants to be baptized, to be baptized. We've actually done baptisms across the locations. We didn't have anyone planned for tonight, uh, but we also want to just give people an opportunity because we've got tops, we've got shorts, and we've got a towel. So if you have never taken the baptism step, uh, this is the first step of obedience for Christians. It's us following Christ's example and us also going public with our faith, where we declare publicly what happened privately? Because once we give our life to Jesus, Jesus, of course, not only forgives us, He puts His Spirit inside of us. And, and the old is gone, the new has come. So we, we have the spiritual birth happen on the inside of us. And then we take a baptism step. It's a public confession of our faith. And it doesn't save us. But the only prerequisite is, of course, us believing in Jesus and receiving His forgiveness. So if you want to, we're going to give people an opportunity. We're going to worship. And then if somebody wants to, girls, we've got clothes in the girls' toilets. Guys, we've got uh, to, um, clothes in the guys' toilets. And um, I got dedicated. I got dwarfed as a child, christened. And baptism um, is an adult decision. 
A lot of times people go, you know, am I dishonoring my parents by being water baptized? No, no, you actually are celebrating because as they dedicate you, they trust in that one day you'll come to a personal decision to follow Jesus. So even as you give your life to Jesus and get water baptized, you are actually now celebrating um, not only that you are now a child of God, I believe you're also honoring your parents and you're celebrating that they did point you in the way you should go. And now you've got a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, the water is warm as well outside. When I got baptized, they cut, broke through ice. It was crazy. And I went down, a polar bear swam past me. And the door of, from the Titanic was down there. And there was space for Leonardo, but it just made the movie better that he didn't go on. Anyway, you guys didn't know that. And, but I've also, James has already done so many baptisms. James lived in Zambia. I did baptism in Zambia once um, on the Zambezi. We were baptizing. And then the local pastor, they, sorry, said, sorry, it stopped. It's a crock over there. And then a true story. And he said, no, we're just going to go up the river. And he just one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we'll do it over here. And I said, we will now christen and sprinkle, but we will not water baptize. But um, I broke through. And I actually water baptized a guy, but I came up with a crocodile. It's a Christian crocodile. And the crocodile prays for what we're about to receive. Anyway, no, no. bad jokes. I actually have done that in every service. I actually have to. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, all I'm trying to say is the water's warm. And I do think if you get baptized in warm water, people get baptized in ice cold water, they actually have a special place in heaven. And then people get baptized in warm water, they're in the overflow room. Anyway, so, um, so if you want to go closer to God, then we'll throw some ice in. Anyway. So let's worship, and then we're going to come. Let's stand up. We're going to worship.